yeah, it's it's nice while uh, while it works. While it works. <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Well, turnstile jumping typically does not a lead story make. An exception is in order because a man is dead due to a bizarre turn of events. Well, he he jumped over the turnstile or he tried to clear it and broke his neck. That's what happened. I think that that video should should be played on loop and every turnstile with a sign underneath it. Think about it. That's the voice of Al Pontillo. Ten years EMT in New York State. He's also a Navy veteran, and uh, I don't know if you want to mention it. You have a particular uh, distinction within that, don't you? Sort of a man of God. Oh, well, no. See, that would have been cool if I had been a chaplain in the Navy. But oh. no, I, that, that was later. In the Navy, I was a gas turbine mechanic, so I basically learned how to fix jet engines in the Navy and then never used it after. It's not really a shade tree kind of thing, is it? I could have made a lot of money, Pat, if I wasn't a stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late. It's never too late. That's what they keep saying to me, but I don't believe it for me. But for you, you've got skills. Uh, you also worked 9-11 and the Manhattan blackout. When, when, when was the Manhattan blackout? 2002. Yeah. And so, uh, my last year in EMS was 2002, so it had to have been then. Total chaos? Yeah. Fucking Manhattan. I, I worked in New York State, not New York City. Um, so I did like Westchester County, right. uh, the nicer area, but um, occasionally um, if New York City got jammed up, we'd uh, go down and help out. And it was it was literally a, a, an energy drainer. I have never felt more drained coming home from working a shift than I did when I worked in Manhattan. Not the upper echelon of people. Uh, who live in the city, and I guess in dealing uh, with that caliber of person, people all day, it just sucks the fucking life out of you. Uh huh. Yeah, I would imagine so. That must be why they uh, at the DMV are always so pissed, you know. And, <laughs> or people who, you know, pretty much anybody in, in a job, you know, anywhere around there. I'm sure it's a you know, cops, you know, no exception, and their job's not getting any easier considering what this Alvin. Bragg is the new Manhattan DA and his new ideas about justice. It's the criminal justice system short on justice. And, and I'm not even sure that I, I don't really care for the system he's got in place either. You know, I'm talking about restorative justice. It's race based. It's a it's an extremely uh, dangerous guidance, you know, that he's issued to all of his ADAs. And I think that we can all pretty much hang it up for New York City at this point. I, I don't see how it gets better from here. No. And if you're white, you're screwed. It's almost like with the uh, vaccine exemptions, you have to prove that you're religious. Uh, yeah. So, like, uh, if you're white, you have to prove you're a liberal, and then maybe you'll get off with no problems otherwise. There's not too many arch conservatives committing crimes. The white skin is enough. You know, they're turning down people for COVID treatments based on their based mm -hmm. on being white, too. So there's that privilege and effect. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's just a fact. Now, some of this guidance here, uh, I'm just going to start uh, reading some of it, and then you know, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, this is under Section C. The office will not seek a carceral sentence other than for homicide or other cases involving the death of a victim. 
a Class B violent felony in which a deadly weapon causes serious physical injury, domestic violence felony, sex offenses in Article 130, and then some you know rackets and public corruption and stuff. Basically, armed robbery is not going to be... A, you don't go to prison for that now. They're not going to seek uh, jail time, prison time for that. That's That, that to me seems unfathomable i mean uh, you know that or let's take another example let's say uh let's see domestic abuses would be one of the things domestic violence felonies so if uh if i punched my wife say then uh if i was married guy and i punched my wife they they might ask for prison time some other guy walks up on the street and punches her it's it's nothing it's like oh you got Mm -hmm. dusted up a little bit how is that okay i mean this guy doesn't even have to put up with her all day this guy doesn't have to be connected to her for his whole life, and he gets to punch her. And now we're going to hear about it for the rest of our lives, how she randomly got punched in the face. Yeah. And you aren't even the one who gets to do it. And then if you do something about it with that guy, say you happen to be armed, you shoot him or something for coming in, walking into your home and punching your wife, well, you know, you're on the, you're on the hook there for <laughs> probably for murder. That is a crime that they see when when you protect yourself with a gun, then I, I see this working in that way, where if you are working behind a counter someplace, you own a store, you've owned it forever, you get robbed a lot, any any bodega, they come in, try to rob you. Well, they didn't really do anything that places them in jeopardy of going to prison. <laughs> but if you shoot them, even if they're pointing a gun at you, well, you have. <laughs> it's it's right. uh, it's, it's, it's yeah, really backward. I, I I believe it was on your show Thursday night you were going over where you can now, if you point a gun at somebody's head, it's not anything. No, right. I can I can hold a gun to your head and now and leave, and it's to no crime because I I didn't even understand the reasoning. Yeah, uh, it's part of it is if you pull the trigger. I mean, because uh, if you don't pull the trigger, so then theoretically, if that's the case, is that is that just for the citizen? Because my point being, like for the cops now, so somebody can point a, co- a gun at a cop, and as long as he doesn't pull the trigger, they can't do anything at this point. Is this where they're going to? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, resisting arrest, I know, is no longer illegal. It's not something that they can get a again a carceral sentence for. No jail time. So we not only have bail reform, and the, and the number of crimes you'll be able to like get held, I guess, remanded, it's it's minuscule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ex- exactly, and no and no prison. That's what I'm saying. It's not really the DA's job to do this. This is legislating from the DA's office. I mean, he got elected. He's an elected guy. He doesn't have legislative power. These are the sentences that they will ask for, and generally speaking, the judge is going to go along with uh, whatever it is that they're asking. So. It's that's the way to work. And we cannot. It's not like we could look to the uh, judicial branch, uh, at least not here to save us anyway. Now, here's where it gets into the. uh, It it says uh, this rule may be accepted only extraordinary circumstances based on a holistic analysis of the facts, criminal history, victims input, uh, particularly in any case of uh, violence or trauma or in any other or any other information available and any other information available. So it's all that stuff and just whatever, whatever information. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning, uh, you know, if I don't like the guy, if he was at January 6th, if he was, you know, a proud boy, 
ADA shall also consider the impacts, it says, of incarceration on public safety, the impacts of incarceration on communities, the financial cost of incarceration, the racially disparate use of incarceration, and the barriers to housing, employment, and education created as a consequence on a period of incarceration. So I don't know how much more clearly he could be spelling it out. This is racial justice uh, prosecuting. This is this is a district attorney who is a, about as woke it's as woke clown world. I mean, logic does not fit in anything that is going on other than they want to ruin society. Mm-hmm. I, I there's no there's no logic for any of this and yeah i mean the amount of people that are continuing to support these different ridiculous causes is just absolutely amazing it is but you know something it's fewer than you might think and you know who does not support it i'll tell you the new police commissioner does not support this crap Mm -hmm. she's she's got concerns about it i guess is what you would say i'll have a quote for you uh in, in just a second from her but uh, pretty strong. And you can see why she wouldn't. This puts her uh, officers in harm's way and in, in great danger of, you know, geez, just all kinds of, of bad results. We, we're going to see more criminal prosecutions of police, I'm sure. They have no motivation at this point. I, I can't imagine what their motivation would be. We're in New York City, but I don't know if you saw in Seattle where they had uh, the cops had the car surrounded with their guns drawn and the car just drove away and they couldn't pursue it or do anything. So at this point, what is to stop anybody from doing anything? But please go. I know she's not happy with this. And I was hoping with the new mayor being a former cop and whatever. But I'm sure you understand him a little bit better than I do. But it's like he's still he's bringing back that uh, what the anti-crime task force. He, He did say that, that he was going to do that. I don't really believe that it hasn't happened yet. Put it that way. Uh, the DA is ahead right. of him on this. I'll tell you about Adams a little bit. Um, Eric Adams is, I I know some police officers who knew him, worked with him, were very familiar mm-hmm. with him and his background. And they say he's really not a crime fighter and that uh, he's he, he's got some issues. You know, he's, he's a political animal as evidenced by getting elected mayor. I mean, that's like a, that's a tough thing to do. And, some money was behind him for sure but yeah he's uh he's a politician now he just appointed a guy named philip banks to be his uh deputy chief you know in charge of public safety or something like that it's a position that kind of is a it's almost like a buffer between him and the the new commissioner so philip banks is actually going to be handling a lot of public safety stuff philip banks uh when he was uh, a commander uh in, in a precinct I believe it was in the Bronx. There's a poster of his half-brother up on the wall, wanted for shooting a cop. He walks by it and never notices it. And then he says, oh, I didn't even know that was, I had no idea about this guy. <laughs> but I'll tell you who did know about him is the guy who got arrested, his half-brother, and he, he told his lawyer about that immediately. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's a little, it, it's, it's, it's it stretches credulity as they say to think that that he was not aware of this right you know there's some corrupt people involved surprising yeah i know uh the nypd commissioner is keychant sewell 
She pushed back at newly elected Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg uh, Jr.'s memo on fighting crime and uh, strongly criticizing his new prosecution policies, which caused her to be very concerned about the safety of cops and the public as well as crime victims. So she sent a memo to all members of NYPD. And she said she was telling Bragg about her issues with his new prosecution stance in which he planned not to charge certain crimes, planned not to charge certain crimes, and would ask for reduced prison terms in the case of convictions for serious offenses. That's another thing. There's no more life without parole, no matter what you do. Mm. You do, and it's not 25 to life or anything like that. It, it, it's the, the bottom end is 20 to life, and no one's going <laughs> to no get a sentence to that, I don't think. Uh so, and she also sent a similar message to Bragg about this. Now, while supportive of criminal justice reform, she's a former uh, Nassau County Police Chief of Detectives who just finished her first week on the job as a new commissioner, took issue with what uh, she called sweeping edicts. Man, I love sweeping edicts. <laughs> Sewell said uh, that the measures seem to remove discretion, not just from police officers, but also from assistant district attorneys yeah, on what crimes to prosecute and who to charge. And, and they that's also written into this. They have to go and ask permission if they want to do, you know, they have to run everything up the flagpole. This guy is going to micromanage uh, all this, uh, all this stuff. Now, the term restorative justice is actually in here, too. So basically, too, now for adolescent offenders, now adolescent offenders, you know what that means? It means gangs. Uh, they shall, uh, the office shall, presumptively not file motions pre- pre, uh, preventing removal to family court. So they're going to be like, anything you want to handle in family court, that is fine with us. Family court is where you want to go because you don't wind up in any sort of trouble in family court. You go there and you say you're sorry and everybody sits down. And this is if you... This, I, I know a girl who's an armed robbery victim. You know, gun pointed at her, took her credit cards, took her wallet, went and started spending right away so they were caught. And uh, they wanted her to sit down with her attackers and, I guess, apologize to them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I was where I was to cause you to rob me. It must have been an incredible temptation. (laughs) And now look look where you are in trouble. Yeah, like you were saying, restorative justice. It's to drive people out of the city and businesses out of the city on top of the mandates and everything else. They're smart enough to know they get tax money from these businesses, right? I mean, that's all they know is where the money's coming from. So it's not sustainable. I don't know how you're still there. And you're a prime whitey target down there. Whoa. I am not a prime whitey target. <laughs> I, I'll tell you that. I've, I've never been attacked <laughs> so far. Um, a prime whitey target would be like a, a, a female, old person, Asian person, prime Yellow target, as they uh, we used to say, red and yellow, black and white. Well, uh, adolescent <laughs> offenders they're charged with offenses. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have no trouble getting into family court, and uh, the young person uh, does not demonstrate. So if they just don't go fuck family court, you put me in criminal. Co- I mean, that's what would have to happen. On top of what's gonna happen with that is like what happened here in Connecticut. They stopped. Um, they don't prosecute kids or adolescents for car theft so if they get caught they get arrested they get arrested and they're out the same night so what do these 
gangs do, you're going to have a kid steal the cars for you. Sure. So you're just going to have teen gangs now running around, whether they're controlled by a larger gang or on their own, I mean, but have them do everything for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. MS-13 has had, they've been bringing in 12 and 13 year olds for a long time, apparently for, for years. And I know a guy who was a criminal defense attorney. I won't use his name. But he would, he would describe to me the process, how they would uh, decide who was going to take the gun, as they say. You know, say a car drives by, they don't really know who had it. So they, you know, who's got priors, who's got an outstanding warrant or anything like that. Okay, who's under 18, who's, who's under 15, whatever the hell. And, you know, they give it to, they literally would decide that with this. Uh, this guy was on fucking retainer. Uh, so, yeah. I'm just laughing. I like. Chato's got two felonies, a misdemeanor, <laughs> two gun charges. And they moved this shit around. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about like in the car. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about a quick discussion before they go in to make a, a plea or something. It's just ridiculous. But uh, so they will also come. They'll consent to uh, the removal of juvenile offenders to family court. Uh, pr- uh, you know, permitting the the court to make its own analysis of statutory statutory factors. It's all written so well. Uh, now, here's the other thing. They're raising the age on that. Now, they already had... I mean, most people who do crimes are 17. 16, 17-year-olds do a lot of the crime in New York City. They do a lot of it. They're gangs. Well, now, mm-hmm. guess what? Uh, so some offenses committed by persons in this age range are attributable uh, to lack of impulse control, peer pressure, and the lack of insight an appreciation of consequences that comes with age. Therefore, ADAs prosecuting those under the age of 25 what? consider disposition <laughs> aimed at rehabilitation, including reducing charges, offering divert, deferred prosecution, or offer pleas that permit a person to avoid a criminal record. So you don't, you don't even necessarily, well, you might not even have a criminal record, depending on the circumstances of each case and including the input of victims. It's all written in such a way that it's like, it's not even wiggle room. It's hold out your arms all the way and spin around room. They can charge who they want, and they'll go after who they consider to be their ideological and political opponents. If you were a good lawyer who wanted to defend, say, the type of people who may occasionally get into trouble, you would want to keep very good statistics on who gets sentenced to what. It's written right into the law, though. It's it's like they're not even trying to hide it. They're like, yeah, that's right. We're trying if, to keep black people out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 codified and and twenty five. Come on, under the age of twenty five, and that's, we'll still take no responsibility that it's a social issue. Well, ADAs. They, they should consider disposition aimed at rehabilitation. So, you know, and really try to keep them from getting a criminal record. Now, it sounds like to some people, wow, you guys are only a couple of hard asses, you know, and like they're going to run somebody in for smoking a joint on the street. They don't they don't run people in for smoking a joint on the street in New York City. They don't run people in for sitting on their stoop cutting up uh, as, as much weed and cleaning it and, and separating it into bags as they want if they, if they happen to be doing that. Of course, you know, it's legal. It's, people buy it in stores and shit. 
So it's it's not as if there's a there's two. I, I saw a guy doing that on the subway the other day, a box of weed, you know, handing some, separating some out and doing whatever. People smoke weed on the train. It's not. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who. I mean, let's say armed robbery. Let's say beating somebody in the street, pistol whipping somebody. Uh, y- you could do a lot of different things to people. There's a lot of. I mean, you you guys listen to the show. You know, you listen to the show. And you know that there are a lot of crimes that involve pushing people onto subway tracks, uh, slashing somebody in the face. And they could look and say, well, that's not really a serious injury. I mean, you you fell back before I really caught you. And I know that you got a mild concussion from hitting your head on the back of the seat. Uh, look, this kid doesn't want to be labeled a criminal for the rest of his life with his criminal record, you know, just because you've got a boo-boo on your head. When law enforcement comes out saying this stuff, you know, the, the DAs and shit, they're not even doing a tough-on-crime pose. They're not even gesturing towards it. Right. It's it's just complete... I, I, I will say, Seth Aaron, I was talking to him, he said, this is what this guy ran on. <laughs> so... He said he was going to do this, and nobody listens or pays attention here because they're just going to vote for whoever seems like the odds-on Democrat anyway. It's the weirdest place I've ever lived. Now, uh, it, it, here's the special procedures for cases involving non-citizens. Just to, just you know, at the end here, they will seek dispositions <laughs> that avoid immigration consequences for all misdemeanors. There's a lot of misdemeanors. And all felonies for which non-carceral outcomes are the presumptive outcome. So, yeah, they, they're doing the same thing. Uh, anything that's going to get you in immigration trouble is just legal. Unless it's murder. And uh, that's that. And if you're under well, like, 25, you might still catch a break. Well, like the guy that lit the Fox Christmas tree on fire. And then they, and, but they don't even know where he is now. He's gone. Because <laughs> they just let him go with the ticket, yeah. like a desk and, appearance ticket. Yeah, yeah, no, a, a, dis, a disappearance ticket. I think they call it. He's a no show. He must have went back to uh, the North Pole. Yeah, I'm sure that he's far, far away, not causing anybody any problems, not setting anything <laughs> on fire. Uh, the procedures for seeking deposition that carries full immigration consequences in any such case are the same as procedures for seeking. Yeah, so uh, that's it. The office shall not seek a sentence of life without parole. An exceptional, in exceptionally serious cases, such as homicide, where lengthy periods of incarceration are justified, ADAs shall consider the use of restorative justice as a mitigating factor in determining the length of the sentence only when victims or their loved ones consent. Or their loved ones. Say the victim is dead. Well, they know people want to forgive. If. I mean, it really is troubling to read that. Restorative justice is racist thinking. It's, it's racializing issues that don't really involve race. It's creating a two-tier, nothing less than a two-tier justice system that they can 
I mean, you know, this is just guidance. You know, it's all it is. It's just guidance. And they can they can guide a little harder one way and a little lighter on the other way. You know, I mean, like sometimes going to be some of these the put it this way. You're most likely not going to be considered an exceptional case, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, if they they're going to put everybody in jail that they can who isn't uh, black or brown. I, I wish I could say this another way. I mean, I w- but there's just no other way to say it. That's just a fact. This I'll has nothing you. to do with the racism <laughs> here. I'll tell you what, if I got in trouble now, my last name, Pontillo, rhymes with Armadillo, would be fucking Pontillo in a heartbeat. (laughs) Humberto Pontillo. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, (laughs) renounce my citizenship. You know, getting the the fuck out of New York is not a, it's, it's not... It's it's beginning to to look like an eventuality. And when I got here in 2006, I never thought I'd leave. Never thought I'd want to leave. Never dreamed up until, you know, 2020. Never, ever thought I would leave this place. You, but now it's, it, it just seems inconceivable to stay. You're, you know, I consider you a good friend. You're my only friend, but we won't get into that. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, I you're a big boy, but man, I worry about you. I like that video that you posted. Are you riding home on the subway? I how you even stayed in that car is. Beyond me. I mean, I you know I by the way that that I look minus the glasses and a short sleeve shirt or whatever. I just have that look where I don't you know get messed with either, and I know enough to just keep my mouth shut and move on. But right. I, I'm just, I've dealt with enough crazy to know to not want to be around it. And you were in a fucking train car of <laughs> pandemonium. That was, I, wa- I I watched the car, you know, as they slow down, right? I'm getting in on the back of the train. That's a good thing about getting into the back of the train is you get to see sort of what's going on in each car as it slows down coming up. <laughs> And you go like, okay, not that one, not that one, not that one. And you can kind of like, if you're walking against it, you know, you can look into Mm -hmm. a few cars. And so I looked at that was the best one available. (laughs) 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 That car and and people, if they want to see that video, if you want to see that video, go to uh, it's 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 a locals page now. NYCCarreport.locals.com. That's where I'm that's where, you know, Al and I do a show there uh, called Reasonably Well-Informed. It's uh, not about crime. And then I have a show I do with Douglas Nelson, uh, also great artist, uh, and he's uh, he's kind of a uh, I don't want to to call him a fucking uh, he's not a hermit or anything like that. He's you know he's he's living a, a a regular life, but as an artist, and he's he's really tremendous and an interesting guy. And we do a show that's no politics and no and no crime, uh, and uh, that's uh, late as fuck is what that show is called. And then we got a there's a movie show, Ruin and Redeem. We recast movies and ruin and redeem them. Uh, we ruin a good one and redeem a bad one. Sometimes, uh, and then that's myself and uh, uh, my good friend Ryan up in Rochester. And uh, he's he's uh, pretty good at doing some effects and stuff like that. There's a show called Dog Fuckers that's just starting. Myself and Anthony Zenhauser, and uh, new concepts all the time. Oh yeah, myself and um, Brandon from Indy. We do. Uh, 
we talk about six of our favorite songs each. Uh, not the six top favorites, just six favorites. This is shit that I like enjoy talking about, you know, and and uh, this is a it's it's a great way to um, I don't know just just provide. You know something what else? You know, it's a plethora of entertainment. I find the format better than Patreon for you because you're not shadow banned. Yeah, that's and true. you know all of your shows, and I'm not saying this because I do one with you, but they're all interesting. And you know what? I've run out of stuff to watch on tv and stuff to listen to i burned through every podcast that i find interesting so i mean with the you got it what at least two shows a week you're you're putting something out on there so it's just more and of course you know if they like you it's always entertaining regardless of what you're talking about i would hope i mean i, I yeah i would i think like wow can a whole friggin' thing just like uh be be stuff about me but yeah i guess so uh yeah <laughs> i'm bringing friends <laughs> and you know there's there's some you know i did a live stream the other day that seemed to go pretty good nyc crime report.locals.com i don't want to shill for it too hard very much like you to come by it's free to follow and then it's like uh, five five dollars a month is what it co- is is the you know is what it is. There's a lot of stuff going up on there, so it's a lot of content and shit too. And uh, for God's sake, uh, today I do too many projects. I don't, I don't, and I hate that uh, if people think I'm letting things slide. But uh, you know, it's like it's just no. You're you're an extremely intelligent person who has a lot of different ideas and thoughts about stuff and. You know, I mean, for people who don't know you outside of this show, they should really look at the other stuff you do because, I mean, it is still entertaining and funny, but not in the same sense as, uh, you know, what you're doing here. Yeah, it's different. It's it's totally different, yeah. Uh, the same but different. The same but different, I'd say, is a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, so um, th- I want to go back to this guy who tried to jump the turnstile because that video, man, was just brutal. He he walks up to the turnstile uh, and he's he bumps into it. Uh, I guess the card doesn't work. That's happened to me a, a thousand times. But he was a little uh, inebriated, as we can see in a moment, and he drops his phone, you know, on the other side of the turnstile. But I mean, he doesn't try to swipe anymore. Uh, <laughs> I I think because he because he, he swiped on the way in, I think. But then he doesn't. He he just goes. I guess maybe, I don't know. But anyway, he drops the phone, and then he's like, oh, no. And then he starts trying to jump over. I know that he's like, goes two turnstiles over. And uh, his name's 20. He's 28, Christopher uh, De La Cruz. Now, the name means, Cruz means cross. So his name's Christopher Cross. He's stuck between the moon and New York City eternally now. And... Actually, you know, Christopher uh, has a meaning, too. It means, uh, uh, yeah, it's from the Greek, uh, Christophoros, and the name means bearer of Christ. Also associated with St. Christopher, a, a patron, patron saint of travelers. Shit. Based on this, I might have to turn Catholic, you know, because that's what I want in a religion is saints who show up. It's like St. Christopher. It apparently was, it. No, well, I think so, because he's posted <laughs> up at the turnstile doing the job that the, the city won't let NYPD do. <laughs> he's the patron saint, patron saint of travelers who pay. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it the other way, but yeah, when you said posted up, I got it. 
Yeah, <laughs> not so fast there. Fair beater. I mean, you know, <laughs> looks like looks like the fair beat him this time. You know, what I, is a fair to get on the subway now? Two seventy five. And if you uh, get an unlimited, you know, hell, ride it all day. And, uh, and probably like nineteen dollars a trip at this point. Yeah, no, it's not that bad yet. But they they talk about going up. You know why they might be going up? It's because there's people stealing the service, and uh, they lose a considerable amount of money there, according to uh, the guy who runs the damn thing, the president of the MTA or New York City Transit, rather. He says, yeah, uh, they they lost like I don't know two millions of dollars, hundreds of millions well, of dollars. So they save money by this guy snapping his neck then. Because now he can't steal any more fares, right? Yeah, I mean, if he's it, he they did not look very experienced at it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't, you see people go over, it's usually just like a glide, right? I mean, just like hands on each side and one swing of the body and they're over. Mm-hmm. This guy stuck in the, in, in the friggin' uh, turnstiles, the turnstile bars, and it's it, it it is comical at first because you know you don't if you, first time you watch it you don't know he's gonna break his neck. I mean he lands. The way it happens, he flips around. The video, by the way, posted it at uh, nyccrimereport.com.locals.com. and he flips around, lands right on his head, rolls forward. I guess, or flips forward, so he winds up with his feet, you know, away from the turnstile, his head right, almost right under the turnstile, and his neck just snapped backwards. It's the most unlikely death that you can imagine. It's like a scene from a silent film comedy, like a a master comedian's total commitment to his art, you know, paying the ultimate price to make us all laugh (laughs) one last time, you know? Or just a shocking example of bizarrely a bizarrely draconian type of instant karma, or, for all we know, an unfortunate but perfectly appropriate example of reasonable karma. We don't know what this guy did. But yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people might call it this, and I'll let you talk, Al, a brutal murder perpetuated by the machinations of an intrinsically biased turnstile. <laughs> hmm. I, don't, I, I don't have anything for this. I... I personally have not watched. I didn't watch the video. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Did you consciously avoid? I it? Obviously, yes, I did. Okay, well then I'm I gonna keep avoiding it. Yeah. If you wanted a reaction, but I just I yeah, know. why not? Since you put it that way, I'll just pull it up on the locals page. It's not good, and this is at uh, seven uh, Continental Seventy First Avenue. So he drops his phone. Now let me see if he does swipe there. Looks like he does, right? Yeah. He swipes, but he fell down, dropped his phone. Shit. Oh, no. Goes over two turnstiles. And he, he, he's not able to just glide. He's, he's not timing it right. I mean, crawl under. <laughs> he's, he's trying to run it. Look at that. And there he goes right there. I bet your reaction to two girls, one cup would be more extreme. Yeah, it did still make a face, but yeah, you could see where his <laughs> neck basically just, yeah, in an unnatural way, just folds under 
his body. Yeah, he lands basically on his face, but with the rest of his body flipping forward. <laughs> I don't even think his head is uh, in the appropriate... Uh, I no. think he may be laying on his face there, even though he's on his back. Yeah, exactly. He's laying on his face and his back at the same time. Now, as an EMT, right. that's the moment of death, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's... And he had said, you know, <laughs> I, you got to give it to him. He kept trying, though. He was very, he was determined, man. Right? You're dropping your phone. People will go down on the tracks. They'll do but, anything to get to retrieve a phone. But you saw he was totally doing the hurdle wrong. You got to get up, get your feet out in front of you and get over it. Not yeah. get up and swing your, yeah. Long, I mean, long. people do. I've seen people. He's not that short, you know? But he could have easily, he could have easily gone under, uh, like a lot of people do. Now, uh, like, uh, let me see here if I can. I haven't. I didn't see many broken necks in. Uh, no. In the EMS. Well, that I, hanging. Sure. Hang, uh, hang you. But, you saw some hangings. Hanging people. Yeah. Up suicides. Yeah, and if they were high, I mean, if you had the height, you know, where I guess like in a uh, guilt, um, not a guillotine, a friggin', um, what's the word I'm looking for? When they would hang people, gallows. Oh, right, a gallows. Uh, yeah. If you, because a lot of times what happens is when somebody hangs himself, they have just the height to where they basically suffocate themselves at death. So they'll cut off the blood flow of the brain you're passed out and then you basically struggle there for air until you die yeah. um, but if you have the height that's what you want because then you snap your neck and you die instantly and that's yeah that's what so, people are looking for in a suicide tree uh, right right but so that's that's really the what you're going for is the the, the snap of the neck yeah I'll keep that in mind. I, I, uh, are you looking at the? Uh, are you? Can you see this right here? What I'm like moving this around? Okay, I wasn't sure this if it's going to be gross. No, no, no. This one. This, see, this is how it normally goes when people fuck up. You know. Oh. Yeah. That's like Mario or something. All her change comes out. She thought she was pretty slick. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> And you heard the person laughing there. Or, uh, can One tooth came out too. I... Yeah. Oh. Are Are you able to hear that? Let me see if yeah. I, I I might have the setting wrong. But was that a tooth? You think? Jeez. Nah. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, hitting your face like that and then coming up with your hand on your mouth. I'm guessing that. Yeah, there was some earbuds and some teeth. <laughs> Oof. See that's that that is it's she's not thinking a damn thing about it. Do not jump the turnstile. If you don't know anything about jumping the turnstile, here's what you do. You handle it the way my man here does, and you're gonna be just fine. Showing 
no shame scoot through the, the subway turnstile. The guy is completely naked from the bottom of his ass cheeks up and does not give a damn. That had to be a security camera because I just don't, I don't know who could sit there holding a camera straight at that for that amount of time. That is something else. Uh, this is the first show of, uh, of what you would call uh, 2022. Are you a Stooges wow. fan? I'm, I'm, the band, the Stooges, Iggy and the Stooges? No, it wasn't. Well, I know of them, but I'm a fan. They had a song. Why would happen? Nothing. They, they, they just had a song that reminds me of this, uh, of this year change, you know, because um, <laughs> 2022 is going to be the next sequel to 2020 because that's when everything changed. So it'll be... Uh, 2023, 2022. <laughs> a, Chinese, <laughs> a Chinese immigrant who was attacked in April while collecting cans in East Harlem has died of his injuries, and his case is now deemed a homicide. How about that? His name is Yao, Mao, Yao Pan Ma, 61-year-old Yao Pan Ma. He died. Uh, he never did see 2022. He died New Year's Eve. His attack drew national attention as part of a rise in anti-Asian crimes in New York and all around the country, and the investigation continues. Jared Powell, 49, New York City, was previously charged with attempted murder, but uh, now it's, uh, he was charged with attempted murder, felony assault, and hate crime charges. Well, they got a nice DA now, so let's see what they do there. He's pictured in surveillance footage after the attack of the immigrant. An Asian man repeatedly kicked in the head during an attack in East Harlem neighborhood. He died from his injuries. Oh, my God. That, that is really something else. Kicked in the head. He's from China. Did this really make nationwide headlines? Because I don't remember hearing about Yao Pan Ma. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh... There were so many of these. Not a household name. <laughs> well, it is in China, probably. I could still remember George Floyd, but I don't know. Yao Pan Ma. Yao Pan Ma, 61-year-old immigrant, uh, collecting cans and bottles to recycle for extra cash. That is very that, now that is a diligent uh, gentleman there. Laid off from his restaurant job during the pandemic after so that's why he was doing it to begin with. Who would have thought it would be so dangerous? But surveillance footage shows the moment a homeless man attacked him, stomped on his head at least six times, while he lied motionless. I think that should say lay motionless on the ground, leaving him in a coma in Harlem Hospital, and uh, he had died from his injuries on the uh, last day of the year. His death since ruled a homicide. Arrested after the attack, charged with attempted homicide, two counts of a hate crime assault. Not immediately clear if the DA's office would upgrade the charges now that Miles died. I think they should. I should actually that last sentence. It should say it would not it was not immediately clear if the district attorney's office would downgrade Powell's charges <laughs> now that Mal has died. It's upgrade is definitely not the right word there. He's dead, so what? No, no harm, no foul, right? Look, nothing's going to bring him back. Uh, the, this was the kind of right? attack. It's that over. Was, that's this is what was happening uh, everywhere. I mean, like in, in always, almost all these crimes, and they, I, I know that we've you know pontificated about it enough, but I mean, the reason that they assigned for this whole thing it was pretty damn uh, specious. You know, saying that, uh, it's, oh, yes, it's Trump's house. He said uh, China virus it just, <laughs> one time. It just shows how stupid they are, though. They didn't know 
who was going to perpetrate these crimes. I mean, come on. It was going on before, so it's not like this is anything new. They just picked it up. I mean, I can't even see what them, the hopes that white, white people don't usually do this. Sorry. It's not. Uh, yes, we have crazy people in our group. But yeah, we have crazy people in our group. Society. We don't do this sort of stuff. Well, if we if if it was our thing, excuse me. Wow, sorry, I'm not uh, too peppy. But I, uh, you, you know, if it was, if it we, being the majority population, if it was our thing, it would fuck. It would be bad for everybody. It would be bad for everybody. You know, I I just you just have to wonder about these things. You know, like how does this anyway? Whatever. It's I can't get into politics here. Everybody gets upset, but it's just. I'm not the one that brought politics into crime. Mm -hmm. Right. That was done by George Soros (laughs) (laughs) who financed this guy that we have now. You know, he he gave like a a lot of money to Alvin Bragg. He's he's a Soros D.A. Now, what's happened with these other D.A.s that the Soros has gotten elected in San Francisco? They tried to recall the guy. I don't think that they could. And they did the same thing in, uh, I think, Philadelphia. They were trying to get, uh, his name was Krantz, I think. Or, or, I don't know, something like that. And the other one was the son of, a, like, the, the Weather Underground motherfuckers who actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, wow. When they, when they pick them, they pick them hard, you know. And uh, you find these people who can win. This looks like a pretty nice place I have, doesn't it? I mean, like... Uh, if uh, with this with this small illusion here, it's like, oh, yeah, that's my fucking overlooking the city room here on the first floor. The high ceilings make it look. I guess they are kind of high. Well, it appears it. on the, the camera angle you got is but yeah, I, you got pretty high ceilings in there. Yeah, they're they're, they're I can't reach they're up above the, average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the New York City High Ceiling Report. Uh, now, here's one more story we can talk about real quick. And uh, this is an intimate side of New York City crime report, ain't it? Uh, a guy who was nabbed for lewdness and slashing. A vagrant was pleasuring himself outside Penn Station late Wednesday. Slashed a man who confronted him over the lewd act. Somebody walks up and goes, What's the, why, why are you masturbating? <laughs> Would Babe. you please stop? If he was ready to go to slash, that probably gets him off. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's kind of what. I mean, if you were masturbating, it would take you a little bit to get a knife out or a razor or something, right? Even if you, you wouldn't be ready to go and holding it in your hand, especially maybe you want to switch it up and use the wrong hand, right? I I mean, I would be. I wouldn't want anything sharp on me. Uh, you're right, or in that general area, right? So that probably, yeah, I'm thinking he gets off on that. Yeah, maybe. You know, he's sitting there. Maybe he could, he's he's like, uh, it's like a a trap, you know, like a decoy, like a thing like, hey, look at me, I'm some masturbating homeless guy, you know, and then like, uh, so you can cut somebody. He probably made eye contact with the guy, was staring at him as he was beaten <laughs> off, and the guy was like, could you stop? Oh, yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like cut you and come at the same time. Oh, 
This is like prison rules. You make eye contact with somebody doing that, and it's like you're you're the guy that's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know how old this guy was? Twenty one. Identified only as John Doe in police records. Why? Allegedly pleasuring himself near the thirty-one-year-old uh, victim and uh, the victim's wife at the corner of West Thirty-fourth Street and Seventh Avenue. Fucking hell! At the corner of Seventh and Thirty-fourth, and I walk by there all the fucking time. I mean, that's like right there at the studio. I, I mean, I'm not it. saying I'm not. I'm like, I don't mean to clutch what my pearls over this. It was Wednesday late. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was about eleven twenty p.m. So what? What is this guy doing out with his hot-looking wife? That you know, After this guy 11. can't just really masturbate out in public. Come on, well, we don't know if she was and make eye contact. <laughs> Maybe it was the guy. Yeah, I You know, I'm just. No, I would hope that she would at least have been halfway decent if you're gonna do all that. Oh, I don't. I don't know that it was because of her. Just randomly masturbating, hoping that somebody would say something to cut them. I, yeah, I, don't think that, I don't think he targeted the guy for a, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure he was looking around, obviously, you know, but uh, somebody's doing that. I cannot walk or get away fast enough. If you're masturbating with the knife in one hand, is that literally the definition of edging? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I heard about that from Jim Norton. I'm like, oh my god! I, 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 somebody, no, I think it was some. It was third third party, but they'd heard it from Jim Norton. Edging. It, yeah, I only learned about that a few years ago. Me too. Little did I know I was doing that all through my teens. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As soon as you, as soon as you learn, you've got one shot. You know, and and that's the deal. He's like, oh, let me slow this process down a little bit. I got nothing better to do. Uh, I basically is... edged from the time I went to school till I could get home. That was <laughs> the rough few years when you're 14, 15, 16. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the other part is like, unless you're going to go Bernard Getz on somebody jacking off, you know, why? Why? Why confront him? You're just walking by, you know what I mean. You're not, mm -hmm. you're not standing there too long, I would think. It, uh, right. It wasn't like he had kids with them or anything. Where you know, even that, he could have been a little bit more justified. You know, put your <laughs> penis away in front of my kid. But then I again, you got kids with you. Get away. Get you and your family the fuck away from this masturbating <laughs> goon. This John Doe. I, I that's my that's my my thinking. I I, I don't ever want to. That can only go bad. That can only go. As bad. I'm thinking, Sorry, you're absolutely right. Because if you're crazy enough to be jerking off in public, you really don't want to say no. something to that person. Yeah, you, you don't. His drama has nothing to do with me. That's what. That's what I would have to figure. That this is this is mm. not related to me in any way. This is not personal. This is just a guy who uh, you know gets away with shit like this. This would one time would have been. A much more dramatic story, you know, but it's like this, I, this, nothing surprising about this. But, yeah, unless you're mm -hmm. prepared to, to just, you know, uh, you look all right. Here's another, you know, unless you're prepared to go all the way with it. I just can't see getting involved. Uh, 1120. That's not even that late. Uh, this, uh, the husband told the suspect to stop. 
prompting the suspect to slash the man's hand with a razor. Oh, okay, slashed his hand with a razor. I was imagining it. He refused medical attention for a minor cut on his hand. I would take the medical attention normally if the guy's jerking off. It just seems like a good idea. You know, I I don't want to know that the hot dog vendor or whatever is jerking off and then handing me that. So, I mean, like, I, it, a knife is nasty sometimes. And the suspect fled into Penn Station. Cops found him, took him into custody, charged with public lewdness and assault. So uh, that's the story of that, John. 21, man, is too young to be that crazy. And it's too young to be that homeless. Mm-hmm. I don't well, get obviously, if, if you're homeless already at that age, you probably had some problems at home, which is why you're homeless. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's jacking off. He's trying to drum up business, right? So he can, you know... Do it, you know, do his job, sucking dicks at the fucking Penn Station. That's probably it. He figures like some faggot will walk by, and he'll want me to advertise. He'll want to suck my dick, and then I'll just fucking cut him if I have to. Take his (laughs) money. What a what an unscrupulous young person this is. It has to be that. No regard for anybody. Selfish. Yeah, I mean, uh, he didn't have kids with him, this guy. So so part of me wonders if it's like, why didn't he just walk by? And I go, well, wait a second. Maybe it's like, hey, would you mind putting your dick away? My wife's trying to take a shit <laughs> here on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it's it's become so common. And you say, like, I remember being shocked the first time I just saw somebody blow diarrhea out of their ass in public, you know, just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> But uh, and this wasn't during the Ebola era or anything. I mean, it's nothing to freak out about. You just go like, "Wow, that's someone." If you got to go bad enough, you know, there's there's got to be a you know you can hide somewhere a little bit. But I guess I guess maybe yeah. you just uh, feel like you want to give something back, you know, to this to this city that's given you so much as a, as a homeless person with diarrhea, which I assume they always I mean, have. there's just when I uh, the weirdest thing for me was when I went into the Navy and boot camp, there were no stalls on the door. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes you a good like week or two to get used to not having that barrier of uh, privacy for christ's sake okay yeah <laughs> simplest thing <laughs> i don't want to sit here and take shit in front of other people to be able to do that it's like nobody wants to see people having sex unless they're well, googling it themselves yeah <laughs> you know the many, unless you're looking hundreds of millions that. watching it every walk, night <laughs> right but you don't want to walk down the street and randomly see people having sex i mean at least i don't i don't nah, not the kind of people but, who have sex for sure yeah who want to do it on the street and then i mean the the most private of things the using the bathroom you yeah. know yeah it's uh, i mean even back in the day before there were bathrooms they built the fucking outhouse you, like you said privacy yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you were yeah. You couldn't you see. Don't him. want anybody to see that. Yeah, you know, my dad had a, a an uncle named Sam who uh, 
got his ass bitten in an outhouse going out there late at night by a uh, black widow, and they had to cleave off part of his ass. That's how bad they wanted no. privacy. They braved the the poisonous spiders. Well, uh, we we have a place upstate New York, um, and it has an outhouse. So, I mean, oh, you want to go to the bathroom, you use the outhouse. Well, I know where you're going to go when the uh, shit does go down. <laughs> uh, it might not be the most. But yeah, I'm always afraid. Of, uh, I'm always afraid of getting bit on my butt. And I brought that up numerous times up there and freaked my in-laws and my wife out. So I'm like, nobody's ever thought like spider bite. Even it doesn't have to be poisonous, but just anything. A wood yeah. spider. You ever see a wood spider? Wood spiders like, yo, <laughs> Yeah. Well, and now you and got you a got, story to share and, with them, don't you? <laughs> Tell them about my uncle Sam. Dangly bits. Yeah. Dangly bits hanging out, man. I don't want any fangs near that or any edged instruments. Yeah. Neither of those things. Some fangs. I don't know. I'd have to have a look. Depends on how much I trust this individual. But, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Al, it's a pleasure talking to you, and this is our first show of 2022. I want to say thanks to listeners who are hanging in there, and uh, if you do get a chance, go by nyccrimereport.locals.com. Uh, one more time, thanks, Al. I'll talk to you soon. And uh, thank, thank you, you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Hey, another quick thing. I'm going to be in New Jersey, the 26th and 27th, Point Pleasant Beach, Uncle Vinny's. That's the 26th and 27th. I will see you there.